everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Listen, Gondor, Gondor calls and I will answer. (laughs) (laughs) On your birthday, I'm honored. Hey everybody, welcome to the 50th episode of Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to touch on the Nations League, Barclays WSL, a video I did with my son and my grandson. And as it's the 50th episode, my WTF am I doing on a pitch with these 11 legends? And for episode 50 of my podcast, I'm very proud of that to be honest, is uh, Mr. Ryan Hunt and the one and only. Musa Akonga. On his birthday, bro. <laughs> yes, <laughs> listen. Hey, Musa. Happy, listen, Moose, happy listen. birthday. 42 not out. 42 <laughs> not out. <laughs> Has it been good, Moose? Because I always, it's funny because um, for my birthdays, I don't know if it's an age thing, but um, there's a kind of like, a, I get very melancholy about my birthday. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like that now. You know, Nancy and the girls make a massive fuss. And it's wonderful because when I was younger, Honestly, I could not have been any unhappier on birthdays. Mm. And like now, I'd say since I've been with Nancy, I've been with Nancy coming on now 17 years. Whoa. And honestly, it's like the birthdays are amazing. And that's what I'm saying when you get to this stage. Is your birthday amazing from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? It was quite magical, actually. So um, a couple of very good friends of mine, shout out to Zoe and Clarissa, they um, took me for cheesecake. So that was my breakfast, cheesecake for breakfast. And then (laughs) we had a wrong cheesecake first. Then we had a really nice lunch in the middle of town. Nothing fancy, but just like a nice lunch with friends. Um, And then I came back to mine after that and just had a really sort of peaceful time, like had a bit of a nap because I had a really, Mm. like I was out a lot this weekend. Yeah. And there was a moment, this is sound quite dramatic, but I was really quite emotional. About five, six o'clock, I suddenly sort of sat, you know, it just... Because what happens is you're, you're celebrating your birthday and all these lovely messages are coming in. Yeah. And something really hits you because my dad, my dad died very young, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds a bit dramatic. And my dad died very young. And for a long time, I carried a kind of burden of not achieving anything or not achieving enough. And I was like, I had a moment today when I was sort of reflecting on everything. And I was like, um, whatever I do with my life, I've, I've, I've done what I came to do. Like, mm-hmm. I've achieved it. Like I have, obviously there's more ambitions, more creative things, but I was like, if I never wrote another word, I'd be happy with my output. I'd be like, I've done the work. And that was a really profound of just Mm. by myself sitting here, chilling and just sort of sat and thought, you know what, I'm at peace. And there's, you know, that burden. I think it's like, you know, there's never a footballer of any level. Um, Mm. I don't know if it's, I wonder if there's a thing where certain players win a certain trophy or hit a certain appearance, you know what I mean? Or like save a team from relegation. And there's a moment in your career where you're like, it doesn't matter how many more games I play. Yeah. I've had a good career. Wow. And I feel like that as a writer, I feel like I've had that's I've amazing. Had a good career. I like that, Miss. I probably think, um, what can I say? I, pro- I probably, if, if I only came on and scored those goals in the FA Cup final for Palace and nothing else happened, I'd have been quite happy with that. 
You see that? No, that's the thing. Isn't there something? And also, Ryan, Honestly, some, I would have. Isn't there something about? There's something about your own defining your own success, isn't mm-hmm. there? Does that make because, sense? Like because yeah. watching the FA Cup from the age, the first like first one I watched was 1970 Chelsea mm-hmm. Leeds, I think it was. Kind of caught it sporadically. Then obviously Arsenal 71, and then just went from there. Mm. Um, and it, it was the game. It was the FA Cup was my whole life and all the my gold mates. standard. Yeah, yeah. Yes, those goals. And to score, score in those goals. Remember the Wembley goals? It's like when we got our first Sabutio, the next, <laughs> what, you, the next what you had with the Sabutio, yes. it was just like, oh my God, I'd love to score in goals like this. Oh my and goodness. So to win, yeah. When I did finally, that's what I'm saying. People don't realise what this meant, the FA Cup final scoring. I have that moment all the time where I think to myself, if I never done anything and it was only playing in the FA Cup, I know we didn't win it. And there's one thing I'd love to have won for Palace is that FA Cup. That would have been enough for me. It would have been enough from where I came from. So this is funny. You understand it because with books, right? So like people say to me, like, you know, writing, I said, it's like the Champions League for a writer, like to go into certain bookstores and see a book there. Mm. Ryan sent me that picture today of striking out in like the yeah, airport. That was Do you understand yeah. how many years I've dreamed of having a book? I've dreamed of having a book on sale in an airport. Wow. Like it's been like a dream. Like it was. I didn't buy it, by the way. <laughs> like, good. No, listen, leave I it to a fridge magnet. <laughs> <laughs> it's of more value. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, like, long story short, it's um, the first day I had my book out, um, a culture left foot, my first ever book. I went to the Waterstones in Covent Garden and I went and I just knelt down there and I took a photo and wow. I was just like, that was just for me. And people were like, oh my God, you're, you're blagging or boasting. I said, no, I'm not. I'm just, do you understand how many years it takes? It's like when you watch football, right? You watch a game on the FA Cup final. Mm. you are a thousand miles from that final. For you even to be good enough for a team to be selected, even on the subs bench, it's a thousand. There are 10,000 players between you yeah. and that spot on that bench. Yes. You know, and, and over in a few years, you, Ian Wright, overtook every single one of the 10,000 players in front of you until you were standing on the touchline about to go on. And wow. if, or if you think of the queue of people that you had to go past, yes, it's unreal. And the same with the writer, like it's a, obviously a different level of, you know, <laughs> difficulty to be honest, but in terms of getting published, like I have this contentment and I had a friend, she said to me, oh, you're the most impatient person I've ever met. You're never happy. And I was scared that I'd never be happy. Wow. But actually, I mean, this uh, yes. birthday, I'm like, I am, I am you're I'm happy. happy. That's yep. what I'm saying about the birthday and being happy. Yeah. I'm happy now. And to the point where my missus think, what, what are you trying to, what are you trying to mess up the happiness for? <laughs> yeah. what, are trying to, what are you trying to put a cog in the works? You know what I mean? That's right? still my vibe. Yeah. That's what I do. You know what I mean? What are you trying to mess it up for? Yeah. Hey, do you think uh, Kareem Benzema had that moment this weekend? Oh my gosh. scored that goal. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Benzema's a funny one because the only thing that stopped Benzema was the off the field stuff. There's nothing. Yeah. Kareem Benzema is a classic example of this is a footballer who got in his own way. You know, like there's certain people like Kanye West, like Kanye West was so brilliant and so ahead of his time. The only thing that would stop Kanye West was Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And Karim Benzema was the same. Like, he didn't play for France for six years. It's not six because years. he was not, yeah, but you have the to best all round forward of his generation. Yeah, but then you look at France to be able to not have that, that forward for six years and still do what they do done. I tell you what though, poor Olivier Giroud, like Giroud's oh, no. so close to breaking Henri's record and then Benzema's just like, do you know what guys, I'm coming back. I'm coming and then back. Giroud's just like, no. Uh, what now? Yeah, Ryan, like, I've got Olivier Ryan. Giroud like in, at home in the shower, just as dramatic he is on the football pitch, on the knees. Pourquoi? <laughs> Sorry, to, this is Team Giroud here. I, I don't think they win that World Cup if Benzema's there. The variables that have to be different if you think about the game against Argentina. Yeah, but what about what he brings to, to, to yeah, what but he there's something, bring? But yeah, but Ian, there's a funny thing with football, isn't there? Like, you know how it is. Like, sometimes the variables, it's like uh, Jimmy Greaves and like Jeff Hurst, mm-hmm. right? Jimmy Greaves was a better footballer, but there's something in the way that football history works. The combination of the chemistry. Like, look at, look at Gerson, World Cup 1970. Gerson mm, was the number Gerson. 10. He was incredible, right? Wow. But he sacrificed to be a, to be a, a six. And that one thing... That self-sacrifice changed the fate of the entire 1970 World Cup. If Gerson had said, I'm going to be a diva and play as a 10, Brazil don't win in 1970. I think for how Deschamps wanted to play in that World Cup, I think Giroud as a pivot up top kind of worked. You know? That's what but I'm I saying. I think that, that French, the thing that we saw in, like since then though, is that that French team need to evolve. And I think it's evolved mm. to a level where actually mm. Benzema suits this iteration of France way more. Mm. Bingo. Yeah. And, Moose, um, you got... Yeah, go on, Ray. No, no, and I was just saying, I think he's been integral into like their, their Euros run and obviously them winning the Nations League. They won it mm. on the weekends. They beat, I mean, if you think about it, they beat probably one of the, 
best two or three sides in the Euros in the mm. final. Yeah. They put out Euros favourite in the in the semis with Belgium. Mm. So that's a really good run for Deschamps. And it's a pretty, I th- to be honest, I think he kind of needed it. Mm. I don't think it was a happy place after that Euros exit. And I think that looking ahead to Qatar, France to get something mm. else in the book and in terms of like progress or something to, you know, another cliche, put down a marker. Yes. I think it's massive for them. I mean, I'm, they were... I thought they rode their luck a little bit. I was, I know that that Mbappe goal was by the letter of the mm. law onside, but it's such a crap rule. Yeah, it's, it's like a terrible rule. It's that's really, it's a bit yeah. of a chicken and egg thing because Garcia mm. doesn't go for it if Mbappe's not running, but Mbappe's yes. running offside, so it's like, well, yeah, but they just it's, it's it's offside and yeah, if what, Garcia slides and misses it, it's offside. Yeah, he didn't have a good game, Mbappe, but either he didn't have a good game. Mm. Like most, tell, tell me about your piece with a ringer, man. Oh, oh yeah, so I actually wrote about this. It was, it was yes. kind of like breaking down the ringer.com forward slash docker. Yes, yes so this, yeah, I'll just get I'll it just in, Moose. Because <laughs> there he is yeah, going on say. about not writing another word, and he'd be happy. And here we are, he's chucked <laughs> out another piece. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> can't keep him down. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, I can't help myself. Yeah, so Ian, I, I wrote about this. I wrote about France, Spain, and um, things that I noticed in, in the game in terms of the wider rivalry. And you know, Mbappe is a funny one because. I don't think he had the best final. I think he, there's a mm. funny thing with him where we know he's brilliant in the Champions League in certain games, but there's a funny thing now and again, when I watch him attack, it's almost like there is a kind of Superman element where it's just where he ends up when he, when he gets dispossessed. So when, when certain players get dispossessed, like let's say Griezmann or Benzema, they've got one or two players quite close to them, France players. Mbappe gets dispossessed when he's surrounded by four or five Spain players. And that's not good because it means he's made deep runs into enemy territory and almost is like he's going to come out on top with the ball. And I don't think, unfortunately, it's a weird one with him. He has incredible footwork, right? Mm. But if you look at like Eden Hazard, peak Eden Hazard and Kylian Mbappe right now, if Eden Hazard runs at a crowd of people, I kind of back him to come out the other end. I don't necessarily back, back Mbappe to come out because I think that people have worked out when he runs into a crowd, what he's going to do. I just saw that in the final a bit. Like they... Spain actually had him quite well, I thought, handled. Corralled him. You know, it was funny. You look at someone like, and Gavi, for example, Gavi doesn't have the same sort of like, I said, technical arsenal in terms of like the fast stepovers, but Gavi is incredibly elusive to the point where the first half, there was a moment where Chiromania and Pogba were letting him drift away. And then he did it a few times and they were like, oh, this is actually quite bad. Like Gavi looks like he's not doing anything, but he's doing mm. everything, oh, wow. right? And I wonder if there's an element of, um, I wonder if, maybe this is a bit reductive, but I wonder if because Mbappe gets that joy against Liga opposition, like he beats the first defender off the dribble all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just the thing he does. But you play in those later stages and it's going to be a problem because he saw it in the Euros. You play in those later stages and they're not as obliging defensively no, as, as Liga. Yeah, they're, they're just better. better. And I, th- I think he's almost, I think that's a slight, I don't need to be critical, but I wonder if he's gotten to a slightly bad habit there. He has, Moose. If that makes he has. Sense. And I think I was reading something with, from him where he mentioned that Poch is trying to get him to, he, he's, he's moving too quick, quick. And he's trying to work on slowing himself down, you mm-hmm. know, learning to slow himself down. It was really strange when I read it simply because. Fascinating. I, it was fascinating because it's something that you, I think I've, I've never heard that before. Someone having to do it. It kind of comes naturally to you. If you're a striker, you, you, you have to slow down at some play, at some point and get those steps in. Do you remember that, that he, when the Champions League came back after the, the, uh, well, to what I was going to say, at the beginning of the pandemic, mm. and they did the uh, the straight knockout in Portugal, right? They did it, yeah. Mm. And Mbappe had that run of games where he just kept going offside, yes. having yes. goals disallowed. Yes, and uh, it's interesting that he's highlighted that as like something he needs to work on because it's something yeah. that he 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 was doing quite a lot. But I thought he was okay in this final, though. I thought his 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 um his finish of the goal was super smart. It was, it was very training ground because you see, I was looking the other way, mm. and then he just stepped over it, and then got it under the goalkeeper just in time. It, it was the, this is the thing. So my one criticism from Bappi is the things that he does well are things we already know he can do. Right? We know he can finish at close quarters well. He's he's brilliant at that. And on the break, I suppose my one challenge is watching France. I was like, they don't attack in packs, right? Like. Spain, Spain attacking packs. The problem with Spain is they're just not as quick as the French backline. The French backline is astonishingly fast. Yeah. So to unlock it, you need, I mean, that, and that is going to be a problem, I think, for Spain. And Sufati is going to be a big factor for them to come back. They need a bit more speed in that front three. But one thing I want to highlight as well, can I just say this as well? Because Sergio Busquets was, was spectacular. 
Like there was one point, there was one thing he gets, he gets the ball in the halfway line in the second half mm. and it comes to him, there's a player pressing him and he just drags it to the outside of his right foot and flicks it away. And it's so casual, Ian, I thought there was a stoppage in play. <laughs> like, I thought like, I thought the ref had stopped play because I'm like, how he, because people forget, when I first watched Busquets, I was like, oh, he's just playing five yard passes. Yes. Then I paid attention. Then I paid attention to the people coming at him and I'm like, oh my, this man is taking risks. This is the equivalent of like doing a tightrope walk while juggling a football. <laughs> like it, 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 it's, it's like, it's so, if Busquets loses the ball in any of these places, it's trouble. The team is dead. Yeah, but, the, mm. but he never does. He never did. France win the Nations League. Another trophy. Another trophy for Deschamps. They're quite interesting, France. It seems like it's at their leisure. They can, you know, like you say, the Euros, it didn't, you know, I didn't see nothing. It didn't, it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, because of the players they've got and the capabilities they've got, bam, they're just, they're, they're here again, ready to go again. And Benzema's in the, fa- in the play and everything's just, all of a sudden, France is a team to be beaten again. You know, it's funny actually, Ian, I want to say this about, about, it's strange, Pogba for France against Pogba for Manchester United. Pogba for France is less productive in an obvious sense, assist, but he's more dangerous. Mm. It's really strange. Like watching Pogba just sit 10 yards off the, you know, mm. it's almost yeah. like Dimitro Albertini for Milan. Oh gosh. Like there's a certain, you know, like Pogba, I, I keep to one of my favourite Pogba performances is Pogba against Uruguay, the 2-0 World Cup, where Pogba just comes in against that midfield, Bentancourt and one other, uh, and it just shuts down for 90 minutes. Mm. And there's a moment in those games where he's, you saw it in the Euros where he was outstanding. Like you, there's a moment in each of these games, like, okay, I'll start off press sitting high and then I'll go toe to toe. I'll just sit, to, well, I'll go and then I'll just sit deep and he just quietly and didn't really, didn't do anything spectacular in this game. He actually. had that pass though. That pass, yeah. was it like first, first five minutes? Where, he um, does, yeah, but he yeah, does that. So even, even, even the, um, yeah, the goal he set, I remember the, the the goal when the four, the four assists in the game, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Please, a yard right? of, yeah, in a yard of space, the way he gets it, he gets it and then he just gets it and then he flicks it back into Jesse Lingard to score. He's, he's somebody that anytime he's got the ball in that last 30, just in front of the last 30 with time, it's going to be something magical. The pass through the lines or the pass over the top with any foot outside of the foot, any, any foot, it's, he's a joy to watch. It's, it's like, if you, I remember they used to have player cam. Mm. I would love to watch player cam and watch Pogba. I'd love to watch him. He is such an easy fit for Real Madrid. If they do want is to he? get him, if they ever want to go after Pogba, like, you know, as a Tony Kroos replacement, replacement he's a direct. Pogba Camavinga in that Real Madrid midfield for the next few years is just ridiculous. And I was thinking about this because I was looking at his career and thinking, Pogba was, he was the best young player at World Cup 2014. He's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's easy to, I, I forget sometimes. It's like um, when you listen to a band, you're like, oh, I listened to their fifth album, their third album. Someone's like, no, that's their fifth. <laughs> like, oh, like, I, just, I just missed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talking about passing, can we talk about Viv Miedemar spraying the ball around at Meadow Park on uh, on Sunday? And uh, someone, someone, someone was there. I was there and it was a pleasure to be there. You were spotted. You were spotted by was, yeah, Tim no, Stillman. I saw no. the paparazzi, the Twitter no, paparazzi. No. You know what? What a, a beautiful ambience to watch a football match in. Mm. That's, the, that's the main thing. And then, you know what I mean? Obviously, you, you mentioned Vivian Miedemar there, but honestly, Kate McKay. Kate McKay, bro. She's, she's just like, to watch her. And, and the thing is, the second half, she's right down our side. She's just like, you know what she reminds me of? She was a player. She was just like Stuart Pierce. She just had a Stuart Pierce vibe about her. <laughs> oh my man. goodness. She was just steamrolling. Bam, no shit, man. Gets on with it. You know, she gets clattered into, she gets up, gets on with it. She's just brilliant. But Viv, I felt for Viv. I felt a bit for Viv because I didn't think that they played enough for her to get stuff. I thought she had to drop off and do a lot of great stuff. I thought Nikita Paris was very poor, you know, very poor to the point where you, I think to myself, maybe she's, I don't know if she's carrying anything or she's just getting used to it again and getting back into it. But I thought a lot came off of her. 
Um, she had a great chance in the first half. Should have done better with it. Same, I think, with Tobin Heath just getting into it. But then yeah, I she think just, those two are still it's trying. A game, it's a rhythm yeah. because against, yeah. against yeah. Barcelona, her introduction coincided with with Arsenal's best passenger play against Barcelona, I thought. Mm. I thought she was great. So maybe it's a, it's a rhythm. It's a game rhythm thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I found her, um, again, watching it so close, and that was brilliant about the Boreham Wood football, football pitch, is that you're so close to the game. Mm. You can feel and hear, you can hear everything and hear the, you know that when the ball's being kicked, you hear it, boom, you yeah. can hear the thud. And I just thought that some of the times I thought, you should be spinning her here. Mm. You know what I mean? Kim Little was amazing. Absolutely mm. amazing. They should have taken off. She, she should have been taken off for me after like 70 minutes when the game was done, just giving yeah. her a rest. She, needed, she should have been rested, but she was brilliant. A lot of women. Moy was fantastic. And then Iwabuchi, she just pops up. Oh man, she's she's unbelievable, man. I, I think that she she really is. It was just such a pleasure to watch, and I think that he's he needs to do something about how Viv has got to preserve herself a bit more rather than coming deep and let let people like Iwabuchi get on it and get the ball to her. I think Beth Mead, she's pushing. She should be starting. I think she started the started the season really well, but like I would like to see Viv stay up there and be more focal. I know that she comes deep. But there's times for her to do it. But I thought in this game, especially once we, we went 2-0 up and it was kind of like we had a lot of play. You know, they had a really good player, number seven, Dali. She's so good on the ball, but there's just not enough going around. I think they should be building it around her and getting her on the ball. Everton have got that problem, haven't they? Everton have got that problem. Yeah. They, leap, they leapt out last year and were brilliant. Mm. And then they had an issue with squad depth. Those people worked at their doing. Mm. And they now have that kind of, it's not entirely the same as what United have. United have more resources. They've got that. They need that next stage of evolution. Don't yes, they, they do. They, they do. I think a lot of people might look at that result though and be like, ooh, you know, Everton kind of like held Arsenal a little bit. Maybe, you know, no. if they hadn't seen the game, but like Sandy McIver made some unbelievable saves in that game. She did. And even for Katie McCabe's goal, I was watching it again. And if you actually look where Katie McCabe hit it and the trajectory of it. It was, fl- it was still rising. But the thing was, I think what's, the sun is right over yeah, it's directly behind Katie McCabe's head, mm. and as mm. the ball goes up, you can just see that Sandy McIver's just kind of like has lost she's it. just lost. She's it. lost. She has she's lost. Completely it. lost it in the sun because mm. she's a really good shot stopper. As oh, you that, saw that cup in that final game. against Man City yeah, is one of the best performances I've ever. That was mm. astonishing. Um, but actually, let's speak about Man City because they got a point in the Manchester yes. derby. George Stanaway got sent off. Like that was a naughty tag. She caught her right on the thigh. She caught. Um, it was Leah. Leah yeah, Gordon, wasn't it? Yeah. The thing with that tackle as well, is that you could see what she was trying, but she just, it, it was just, it was just dangerous. Mm. Yeah, you saw from her reaction. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, one of, you know, sometimes yeah. you see a fat people walk away. Yeah. That was clearly Jill concerned. Scott was just like, trying to fight her corner so hard at George was just yeah. like, nah, Jill, Jill, no, Jill, like, Jill, leave it, leave it, leave it, Jill. It was, like, it was, like, it was like, like, is she okay? It was really yeah. like, that's, that's what it was. Tackle. You know what yeah. I like about it as well? It was very genuine. Is she okay? You know what I mean? She's like, oh my God, I know I've caught her there. You know, so it was, I was pleased for City. See, because I think they needed to stop that rut. They this really is a good, it's strange. It's a good result for them. It's a chaotic season for them. Players, but the players are all over. I mean, like, you know, Georgia Stanway playing at right back, you know, that, mm. that's just a sign of the, the, the depth issues they've got. And like, you know, she's, it's, it's so emblematic that she gets sent off early on playing out position. It's just tough for them. I think City at this point just have to be like, let's just put in good performances mm. for the rest of the season and see where we end up. And let's not try to set too many expectations obviously you have some expectations because they're city and they've got resources but fundamentally this is an absolute um i don't know what the opposite of a unicorn is but this is the this is an albatross of a season mm-hmm. it's just you know it's just one of those unfortunately it's a great result for them in the context yeah i think, I think so too and city only one win in this season in the league and obviously they went out of the champions league to real madrid in the qualifiers and uh i know that we've we've said every time we mentioned city that there are a lot of caveats there but they still should be doing better i think than they Ah. Yes. Uh, Chelsea 2, Leicester 0. Mm-hmm. 71% possession for Chelsea, 22 shots, 9 on target. Leicester played very, very well. Leicester played really well. And it's only when Peniel Harder came on. And her finish, again, it's the kind of finish that people, like, I, if, she, if she didn't score that, I would have said, well, why don't she take that with her right foot? But the way she opened her body up, she's coming into the box, it's, she's, they knocked it back to her. And again, it's one of those finishes where people would say, oh, yes, yeah, because she's, she's just what, in and around the penalty spot. It's come past her right foot. She's opened her left foot and slotted it down just inside the post. Right. And again, it's one of them finishes where people look at it. I'm like, yeah, well, just look how much time she had. No, that is difficult. 
you make to let time. you come across unbelievable finish. So good. One, we were talking about it on Stadio last week about when she scored against Wolfsburg, and there was none of this like hands up, sorry, sorry. She was just, <laughs> she wanted She's all just, of the smoke. Yeah, give it to she her. Was giving it. I like it. I like it. You know what it reminds me of? You know what she reminds me of? That song by uh, by Sims, Little Sims, Venom. Mm. Are you coming for blood? That's, that makes two of us. Good. That makes two of us. Like harder, Penel harder is always coming at you. You know, like, like um, Caroline Graham Hansen, actually, similar thing. Mm. These kind of relentless runs in behind, relentless runs in behind, and like mm-hmm. a wide forward who's just always on you. It's, uh, you know, that intensity, I think that will have to drag Chelsea forward this year because Chelsea aren't. They're not last year's Chelsea. No, it was, it was a good win. I mean, Leicester, you know, acquitted themselves well and they were like defensively quite solid. Yeah, but, but Chelsea had to bring on the big guns, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Harder is weirdly enough, she's in the same kind of position. Just this season, this is a bit of a, this is a, bit of a hot take. She's a little bit in the same position this season as she was for certain aspects of her late era Wolfsburg career, where Wolfsburg was still kind of reconfiguring because of various issues like either injury, whatever, generally injury, but it's almost like she has to force the initiative while Chelsea are getting themselves back together again. Mm. And that's not, I mean, there's no disrespect to Chelsea, like the, you know, great team, but do you know how there's like something slightly out of sync at the moment? Um, and they're trying to find their way back to that. And Harder is going to be crucial, yeah. I think, in those next, next few months. You know what, what was really good as well is that at the start of the game, the way the crowd um, reacted to the NWSL moment as well. I thought it was just like, everybody's so... Everybody, yeah, I really I love, love that. Love and all of the team, all of the teams in the league, t- t- in, in unison, was hugging each other. And I, I think that again is something that they should just continue to do. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen over there is that they're just going to continue to deny, oh, to, to deny, deny, deny. But we know Everyone over knows. there, and what's yeah. going on with those ladies, and what's happened to those ladies is again, you know, these things need to be brought to the brought to the to the fore and, and dealt with, man. The momentum's, it was great to see this. Yeah. Well, I know it's early days for the kind of, but the momentum has been really great in terms of the public show of support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, yeah. let's see. Because yeah. all, all what will happen is just another bloke will just slip away and what? Was he going to turn up somewhere else? He shouldn't have had the opportunity to do what he's doing now. Should have been stopped years ago. Do you remember like it's the Catholic Church and they just moved them from parish Absolutely. to parish? Yeah. Yes. And it sounds, but you know, it's yeah. similar energy, you know? To, to, yeah, to go and, and to go and cause more problems. Yeah, yeah. To, somewhere else. And this is why I love now the fact that everybody just keeps it going. You've got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So before we go into the 11s, guys, I just want to say, because it's very tough to get time with my son and even tougher, harder to get any with my grandson. And when you get to, to, to just to get him to speak, He's like, yeah, I'm doing great, granddad. Yeah. You're working, you're working hard. Yeah. Training really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, he's so funny. He's so Man, funny. But he cracked me honestly, Should, you know, do but, you want to tell what, people about the video well, if they haven't seen it? But what it was, it's just like, because I don't do much for the Black History Month. You do your bits for the people that are supporting you continually through the mm. year. The, the people, the brands that I'm involved with. And Barclays, I've been with Barclays for like over 10 years now. Barclays don't, Barclays don't leave you hanging. 
So when they asked me, they wanted us to do something because I've done it with a production company, my own production company and everything, guys. And they just gave us carte blanche because like, you don't want to do something like this, something that's very, very precious to us and something that you, had, you won't see very often, three different generations mm. of professional footballers. Um, and I wanted to make sure that it came over as real as it is because I'm how I am, Sean's how he is and, and Tamajo's how he is. And to, to get to be with each other in that kind of capacity and talk about football at the different generations was just, it's, I just wanted people to see that. I wanted people to, to get it. Stuff, Honestly, yeah. we've, got, so we've got so much unbelievable um, feedback and traction off of it. And I just saw it as another opportunity to spend some time with them. It's so good, man. There's, there, there, are a couple of, there are a couple of moments in this video that I laughed so hard at. Like the first of all was the one where you and Sean are watching him train and the ball comes over and you kind of give Sean a look being like, should I, should I, should I, it's like Ian Wright, play for England, play for Arsenal. He's watching his it. grandson train and he's like, should I, should I, should I go kick it? Should I go kick it? Did you see the bit when there was another ball that came over me and him were kind of holding each other off yeah. to see who could go and get it? <laughs> and the other one was when he's talking about, um, did you say Eden Hazard and who's Was the, it Raheem Sterling? Raheem, was it Raheem Sterling and Aiden Raheem, Hazard he's talking yeah, about? And he's just yeah. like, you know, I can, I can totally relate to them as players. And I was just like, go on, Demacio. <laughs> like, I love that energy. I you love know, the thing is, energy. right, the thing with him is he's not, and I'm saying not just because he's my grand, he's not flash. Mm. He's not arrogant. Um, Sean was the same. He knew what he could do. He knew what he's capable of doing. DiMaggio works very hard and he knows what he's capable of doing. Mm. He knows if he continues to work hard, stays injury free, God, God willing, yeah. you know, he can do, he can do, he can, he can have a good career and then it can go wherever he wants it to go. But I've always made sure that, like even when he's younger, just be confident in yourself and what you're capable of doing if you're putting the work in. Don't start coming out and talk, telling people about how, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing it. I'm working hard and training when you're not. Mm. And then you're going to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that when you're not putting the work in, the work that people don't see. And so what happens is, is that there was a really nice moment just before, because we'd done um, a question and answer the other day as well. And I just had him for like five, 10 minutes on his own. I was just explaining to him that exact thing about confidence and arrogance. And he's not, com he's not arrogant. And I, I, I would say that and I would stand by that. But if, if people would hear him speak and how he'd speak about himself, because he's, he won't speak for long, he'll say what he's saying and shut off. Love it. So it's not like he's going he's gonna to give it nuance or anything. He's saying that because he knows he's putting the work in. And Love I said, it. sometimes, sometimes you don't need to say that. You don't, need to, you don't need to tell people, yes, you're working. So yeah, you know, just say, you know, just sometimes you don't need to speak. Let people speak and you say, yeah, okay, take that off. You know what I mean? Look and at all those, those players that mastered their craft, like David Silva did almost yeah. no interviews. Yeah. David Silva yeah. did almost, you know, you almost didn't know what that man thought. Like, and he just, you know, I, and he mm. wasn't, he wasn't shy. He was just a bit of a monk. Like he was about the work. That's exactly and what I'm trying to do. And you look at the way David Silva yeah. plays. You watch the way he played. You're like, this man is obsessed with his craft. Even the way he receives possession. I was watching actually mm. the once your France Spain game and seeing like certain players receive possession, and there's such a care they take with each first touch. Mm. It's like a chef getting out like you know, a chef getting out their favorite knife. Like it's so elegant. Even the mm. touch. And I'm like these people are prepared. Yeah. yeah. And what I love about your grandson yeah. is he's he's prepared. It's the same thing. You're like yeah, this this is a craftsman. And the thing with him, with the with the with the so-called pressure of myself. And Sean, even his uncle as well, Bradley. Yeah. And then himself to sign. Now he's signed professional football. He's a professional footballer. And without, um, without hammering into him what it takes to be at the, the highest level of where you're playing, England, whatever what you want to do, we try to not, we try to not do it. We try mm -hmm. to not talk about anything like that. You know what I mean? We tease, of course we tease. Tease about, listen, if you don't win the Premier League, you can always have granddads, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> Or, you know, <laughs> if I'm not about, go and get your dad's. Dad, your dad will lend you one of his. Oh, you know what I mean? we, we do that kind of joke because it's the kind of joke where you want him to understand. Because I would love nothing better than him to be in a Premier League winning team and have a Premier League medal as well. So three of us. Amazing. You know, yeah. would have been able to, would, 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 would be able to do that. And this is the kind of thing, like I said, I had the 10 minutes with him and I said, it's got to be the dream. Mm. The dream has got to be to, to get to the first team, get to the Premier League play for England, mm. get to the Euros, get to the World Cup, because those things continually drive you to be the best. Yeah. That's what it's got to be. You, you know, you came out of an unbelievable academy with Manchester City. You, t you took it upon yourself to say, listen, 
I need to play. I need to get out where I'm going to play. I could stay here and be Very comfortable brave. and everything's good. So I love you, it when they go into that yeah. right. And this is they actually go and make, they make yeah. their own choice. I've got, got one problem with that though, Ray. Go on. You should have sent him to Germany. Should have sent him to Germany. You should have. You should have sent him over it's, here. We would have, we could have could have kept an eye on him. It's still t- it's a the Guardians of House Stadio exactly. Listen, 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 like, it's still time. Listen, uncles, uncles. Exactly. And the thing is, is that um, if the, if if it came to that, then that's what would happen. But the main thing is, is that, and what I would say to any young player of that age, is you've got to recognize the work what has to be put in. Mm. You've got to recognize that. And that's what I, that's all we talk about. The work, we don't talk about anything else. It's the work and preparation. Love it. Uh, it's a good video. Go and check it out. I'm everyone. quite pleased. I'm quite really pleased. Good. It's been it's well great. received and it's nice because it was, like I say, it's great to be with them. Also, can I say this? I've said this a thousand times, but to make one, for one person to make as a professional is, is something else, right? You know, you look at Oscar going to China, making all that money and everyone's like, oh, he just went for the money. Well, Oscar grew up, like, didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And for three generations to make it, at, you know, to that level, I mean, it, it's, it's unreal, really. Like, I said to, I said awesome. to Wrighty when he told me when I first saw the video that mm. it would be really funny if DiMaggio goes and gets three more caps for England than Sean did, <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to keep the trend going. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to get three straight Champions Leagues, to be honest. Three straight Champions <laughs> Leagues. Oh my God. No pressure. No Could we talk about this 11? Yes. Yes. It's the first righties house 11. And the concept for the 11 is like the players that make you go, fuck me, man. I'm on the pitch with him. <laughs> the WTF, yeah. The WTF 11. What Amazing. What the fuck? How am I getting on the pitch with him? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was, um, and so I said to him, for the 50th, I'll probably do something like that. And, and it's the thing with the, the 11 that I've chosen, it's literally players that I've been like, wow, man. You have a moment in the game where it's kind of like, and then you just look home and you say, the first person, can I go from goalkeeper? Can I go from goalkeeper? Go straight in, yeah. I go from goalkeeper. The first person I've done it when I was at Palace was Peter Shilton. I was like, oh my God, man, if I score, I'm going to be scoring against Peter Shilton. You know, I did go on to, like, Walter Zenger was somebody else that I looked at mm. and I said, my God, there's Walter Zenger in goal. I did score against both of them. I'm what was it against? What was, <laughs> what was it about Shelton that made him so intimidating? Or? You know what it was? I just think that because when I grew up, um, I, there was something about Ray Clements. I used to love Ray Clements. Mm. Oh, shout out to the late, great. L- the late, great Ray Clements. And I used yeah, to love him. And I, f- and I think that Shelton kind of like came in and kind of like, f- kind of like finished him off or it, it, it wasn't happening for him. And I used to see Shelton make, I've got to say, unbelievable saves. He used to be amazing. As, to be honest, if I'm going to be totally honest, seeing him and some of the things that he says now, he's, yeah, does yeah. my head in. Yeah. But the fact is, it was, like I say, the 11 is a people that have made me go, wow, I'm on the pitch with him. Same thing what happened with me with Brian Robson. Unfortunately, Brian Robson didn't make this, but Captain Marvel in respect to Brian Robson was another player. I remember playing with Brian Robson. Um, well, the first time we came into the first division, he was the first home game was against Man United. And Brian Robson was on there. You know what I mean? Remember him in like Brian Robson, Captain Marvel. Was that the first time you'd ever, you'd ever come anywhere near him? No, no, no. I think that, no, that was the first time I come anywhere near him. And he played in, I don't know what it was. He played in an England B game against Algeria in the midfield with me. I was up front and Brian Robson was in that midfield for the England B team against Algeria. And it was one, it was a, it was a moment where I was like, I'm this fucking Brian Robson's there. See Brian Robson flying into tackles. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And I remember there was some time, I was getting roughed up a bit by the Algerians and he, I remember him saying, you're doing brilliantly. You just keep giving what you're getting. Just make sure you keep, just keep the ball. Don't give the ball away. Keep the ball. Don't worry about that. You'll get your chance. I didn't actually get a chance in that game, but just him saying that. It's to the, me, leadership, just, the leadership, the yeah. leadership, yeah. And right, I remember right, when, he took it with him everywhere he went. Yeah, it's like in yeah, the supermarket <laughs> later being like, Brian Robson told me to, just like fighting, yeah. fighting over the last pack of like, like shreddies <laughs> or something like, get out of the world. And then what's it called? I've got to say like, center, I played against Baresi, Baresi, Cannavaro and Maldini. Wait, hang um, on. Are we, have, have, have we picking? Formation, we've got formation. So we've got, we got shot formation. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a four, I'm going to do a, um, a four, four, three, four, four, no, four, three, three. Wow. Four, four three, three, three. Like it. Love it. So you're going to go, which, put, which um, one of the two's going in goal? I'm going to put Walter Zenger in goal because Pete Shilton's annoyed me too much in his <laughs> latter stages. He's, not, he's annoyed me too much. <laughs> Can I go right back? Cause I've, you know what? I've got Baresi, Carnivaro and Maldini. Hmm. I, had, I did play against Roberto Carlos when we was playing in that tournoi for 
um, England, but I can't not put Maldini in as my left back, although I love wow. Roberto Carlos. So, and then I played, Cafu came on for about half, I think Caf, I came on for about half an hour and tried to chase Cafu when we played them in, um, in, in America. <laughs> in America, he's fucking flying. <laughs> he was like, it was like watching, it was like watching like, it was like a Speedy Gonzalez, great skills, everything. He'd get the ball on the right, he'd, he'd cut inside, cut outside, he'd just take people on, the crowd were going mad. And then I was thinking to myself, who is this guy? What year was that? That would have been 93. Wow. There was oh before, my God, it was, that was before, okay. Oh, it was a World Cup. It was just before the World Cup in America, which we didn't, get, which we didn't get to. Because Cap hadn't even, he hadn't even peaked yet. Exactly. And well, he, he was- was a winger then, right? Who just been shifted yes. to right back. I swear to God, it was oh, like power, watching yeah. him. It was almost like, what's going, what's going on with him? What's well, going you on got with a taste, him? You got a taste of early Cafu. You exactly. got the smoke early. You got the smoke early. Is, and that you know like, what? is that like seeing the Beatles in Hamburg? Exactly. <laughs> 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 I saw them in Hamburg, like, actually. And yeah, but the other thing is, is that when What's you go back- was it Pigau? What was it called? The place they first played, yeah. Indra? In, oh, Indra. It was Indra. It was Indra. It was Indra. It's got the gold plaque outside it. Yeah, Indra. Yes. Is that where the Beatles played first in Germany? First, yeah. First of a gig, yeah. Well, this is what it was like with Cafu. Because when you go, I'll tell you when you know, guys, when you go back to the dressing room, because you know that Brazil are always going to have something special. Right. They've always got someone special, right? And that when we went back to the dressing room, every player, but none, was talking about him. Everyone was talking about Cafu. Wow. I love that. That's and the ultimate compliment. Isn't so, it? Cafu's going, so Cafu's going right back, Maldini right left back. back. Yes. Um, Carnavaro and Baresi. Oh my goodness. Three wow. out of four AC Milan. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, can that we, says everything about the time you grew up in. Actually. I'm That's not sure, right? If... Hmm? This ever made it onto an actual podcast? But before Wrighty's House launched, we did some pilot runs. You remember the thing you told me about Cannavaro when you played against him? Oh my god, Cannavaro! Because I've got to tell people because you're watching somebody. And remember, Cannavaro was the only—I think he's the only defender to ever win the FIFA World Player of the Year, isn't he? He's, I'm, I'm sure that's yeah, right. Golden Ball, yeah, yeah, Golden right, Ball, yeah, yeah. right. And the oh, one yeah. thing, the one thing you notice more than anything about him, because there's times in the games where the game's going on down there, and you just. You're just with him. You're just next yeah. to him. Can we just, could it, it, we need to hand this up a little bit for people. So Cannavaro, okay. Real Madrid. So Real Madrid, Italy, World Cup, Real Madrid, Italy World Cup winning yeah. captain. One of the Everything. greatest defenders of all time. Easily one of the greatest one of the defenders of all time. the first things Ian Wright tells me about Cannavaro, what he was talking about it was. His feet are so small. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we've done some stuff together with ITV and I was remembering, and I was looking, I looked at his feet, I said, your feet are so small. He was laughing. He was really, really so magnanimous and so, and it's like Caesar. You look at him, you meet him in, when he's got his clothes on, you look at him, he speaks yeah. to you, so respectful. He's like Caesar. He, he won Caesar. so many headers as well. Oh, oh my God. He, could he won leap, so many headers. He could leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yes. He was, <laughs> everything. It's funny because somebody sent me something the other day on, and I put it back on my story. It was the game I played against um, Carnivaro in Rome. And he literally was just, they just showed clips of him just shutting me down, shutting me down, shutting me down. There's a piece defending, I was watching Football Italia and um, I can't remember who's playing against. And it was on those like lower, lower division team, like I think it was like Verona or something. And the All ball right. gets chipped down the wing and Maldini's on the left flank and the right winger gets chipped the ball. Maldini lets the ball float over his head and he spins around and the, the right winger thinks he's beaten he's in. Maldini, right? Maldini just spins, he spins on his right foot turns and watch the ball drop over his shoulder and then brings it down and volleys it with the outside of his left foot to the centre back. And the right wing carries on running for like three or four yards before he realises the ball's just gone. Oh my God. And the sand zero just burst into applause. And I'll never forget, you actually saw the precise moment. You, you saw the spirit leave his body. Oh, you no, like the, <laughs> when you realise you're, you're in the presence of a different Greatness. being. Wow. Yeah, a different yeah. Bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but this yeah. is what I'm talking about with these players. And these are the players that made me feel like that. Like for yeah. For instance, the midfield, obviously Zidane, playing against Zidane in the tournoi and watching, just, you know, just being able to wait and watch him, how he received the ball and how for a great player, how simply he, he played the game. He just got it, yeah. gave it to somebody. If people were close to him, he'd do something and get out of it and give it to somebody. It was like watching some, the game coming so easy to him. You could, yeah. you, could you, you could just see the aura, and you know what else as well. It, it was it was so strange to watch our midfield because once the ball got into him, no one went in. It's not like anyone. You know, you say right, look, oh, that's got into him. He's I'm going to close him down. The ball went into him, 
everybody just went like that. Bam, dropped off. He laid it off or he'd done what he'd done and then bam, got back on with it. Wow. It was, it was, it was unbelievable to see. Wow. It was unbelievable to see the, the respect and how, I remember Patrick, Patrick Vieira would, would when he talked talk to him about Zidane, he, all he says is, Zidane is beautiful. Yeah. That's what Patrick says. He's, Zidane is beautiful. Who's your midfielder, are you? So my midfield is going to be Zidane in the middle with Rude Hullet wow. and Lota Mateus. Oh my wow. goodness. Wow. Mateus L- holding. L- Mateus holding and Rude Hullet and Zidane. Oh my! That's terrifying. God. Tell us about Hullet and Mateus. Well, the thing with with Hullet, remember Hullet came to Hullet came to England at stages um, when he left. I think Sampdoria. Glenn Hoddle speaks about him all the time. He says he wanted to play him. He wanted to play him in front of the the back, back four. four. Yeah, but in the end, he had to do it. He played him behind him. He wanted to play him in a number ten, but in the end, he played behind. And I remember playing again, playing with him, and again, his touch and his appreciation for the space, his passing ability, right? Remember, because he was a dynamic number 10 when I first started watching him with the locks and everything. He was up there with Van Basten, getting into the box, doing great stuff. Yeah. And he was playing in this role, this sweepery kind of role, spraying balls and doing all that. And you think it's, touch, was Im- touch was immaculate. You know what I mean? His appreciation for people, immaculate. You couldn't, again, you couldn't get near him. There's footage I found, Ian, of him playing, I think he was 21 years old, playing for Holland as a sweeper against Italy. It's like a Mm. 2 And that was mind-blowing. It's very hard to find the footage now. I remember I went down down a big wormhole on YouTube and found it on some some site. Moose, Moose, the thing with him is, is that, you know, when, you know, the the home crowd, so we're playing at our place, when the home crowd are applauding the passes, you get it, bam, it ping it out there for 30 yards, bam, You could just see, you know, when you hear that appreciation because yes, the fans, yes, yes. the fans are realizing this is, this is one of the, this is one You're of the present one. something different. Yes, you are. Yes, Because you we are. hadn't had a long passer. This is before Beckham, obviously. So mm. I think actually, weirdly, Hullet was the first passer we had over that distance since Glen Hoddle, actually. Yeah. You're I don't think we'd seen in terms of the range out there and the accuracy. The, he would do it like, if the ball's coming half volley, mm. he would like, the ball would just bounce up and he would hit it Crack. on the side and it would go boom, out to like the left back. And just yeah. like, just f- out to that left-sided midfielder and they control it and gone. It was just like, again, you know, when you're on the pitch, like with this 11, it's the people that's on the pitch that make you feel like, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're special people, special players, you know? So, and, and then Lota Mateus, I remember playing against him at, at, at Celtic and I remember playing against him for, I think I came on for about 20 minutes for England in America. And he was somebody that, again, when I watched Lota Mateus at Inter, when he first, it, it was just like, he was amazing. When mm. he first broke into, break onto the scene for Germany. And then when he, when he, when he went to Bayern Munich the first time, and then when he went to Inter Milan, it was just like. Do you know he, he was, was? He was like peak Gars Kementieta, but his entire career. Yes. Mendieta had like three or four astonishing years. And then obviously Andrew catches up. Mm. Mateus was on that the whole time. Mm-hmm. That intensity, the drive, just not even, not just the play, but the leadership. There is a kind of, um, yeah, there is, there is an element of those players kind of missing out on the YouTube generation, the social media mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Like Mateus in the era of social media would just be, people wouldn't mm-hmm. believe what they were seeing, I think. Mm-hmm. And even him again, you know, balls that would come to him outside of the right foot, outside of the right foot, he'd bend it down. So he'd be in the middle and he'd bend it on the outside of his right foot to the left winger mm-hmm. and into his path and, Stuff like that, you know, it was just like... And they can't work out why other people can't do it. They're just yeah. like, how can you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it comes so naturally to them. And he yeah. was, like I say, he was somebody that... I remember when we played at Celtic, I, I remember after the game, after the game, um, he came into the dressing room. But I saw his manager and his agent before I was having dinner out and his manager and his agent, I knew them through the people who we were dealing with from London. I knew him from, through the agent I was with at the time. And I said, can you find out if Lota, after the game, if he could give me his shirt or something? And after the game at Celtic, I, um, I was in the dressing room and then Lota Mateus, you know, when they kind of come in and like people was asking for he says, no, right. Where is right? Ah. And then came in, shook his hand, gave me the shirt and, fit, and then all the Celtic players were like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> can I just, uh, can we just take a little moment to acknowledge, right? Right. You're going, oh, 
you know what it's like when they all come in. No, we don't. No, we don't know. We, have no <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have any actually. idea. No, no, we don't. I forgot, but that's what happens sometimes after the game. You know, I remember the first time I played against Carnivaro when he played for Napoli at Arsenal. We played him in a kind of like a cup game. It could have been a cup game or, no, it might, might have been in the pre-season friendly game. Or like Nikita what, Trophy or something. <laughs> it was something like that. I remember going in, going into the dressing room. I took all of his kit, I took his shirt, I took his shorts. Can I say this as well? Can I say, no disrespect to mm. national players that play for Italy, but I think when I watch Italy, Italian players are the highest percentage of players that walk off the field wearing like, just you know, there's like those just vests. Just their underpants. Like, underpants. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It happens. People steal. I don't know what it is about Italy, but their clothes get stolen more than any, maybe yeah. they're just very generous. Yeah, but remember Does their that make kits sense, right? they get, they, Absolutely. They, they, they're leaving the pitch naked. Yeah, they, I mean, their kits were amazing. I'd be they're like, like oh, take, take my shirt, that. take my socks. Oh no, oh no. Oh no, I've taken my top off again. Oh dear. Can I tell you the best My surf body. I got, um, I got um, Mancini's, I got Mancini's whole kit um, when we played them in a pre-season as well. Not, not that, um, I think I got Lombardo's when we played them in the semi-final of the Cup Winners' Cup. But like the, the Italian Sampdoria kit was just, it Perfect. was this beautiful kit. Yeah. That was a beautiful kit. So, so I've got, um, so that's my midfield, right? So up front, my front three, George Weir. Yes, okay, King George. Man. King George, bro. Uh, King George. What a birthday present for Musa that is. King listen, George. listen, my, all my vitamins. <laughs> you know something? Wow. We played them in the semi-final of the Cup Winners' Cup uh, over two legs. And you know what? I, even Tony and Boldy and them, like they were saying, they were just, they were petrified of him. He could do anything. We, I don't, we beat them, but like they had Ginola, they had, they had him, they had Roche, Alan Roche at the back. They had, they had some really, really good players. But we were very good. We were very good ourselves at the time. But George Ware was doing stuff. He was roasting them, roasting them. Dave wow. Seaman made great saves and stuff like that. But like, again, you're on a picture of him. And you know when you hear so much about them, because you hear about Ginola as well. Ginola was the one that everybody's talking about. And we knew about George Ware. But like, um, when you're on there with George Ware, the way he moved, you know, he kind of had a, 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 the way he walked across the pitch and that was yeah. like on his toes, kind of weird, but like the touch and the, the and change the, of direction. Yeah. When he got the ball, he's, 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 his skill, technical ability, skill, the way he could wriggle out a thing and then bam, knock it and just pace. Wow. It was the ankle snap. It's the way, like when he scores a goal against Bayern in the UEFA cup, I think it is when he base just like, just dematerializes between three mm. defenders and rips on the top of the near post. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way he snaps the ankle. Like when he goes mm. the right, the, the kind of, um, it's the Ronaldinho type flip flap mm. where you cross the right to left dribble. Yes. But there's no flash. This thing, all the, te- the thing I love about where it was, everything had a point. Mm. There was never an extravagant skill. Like there was a game when they beat, I think, Venezia like 4-0 mm. and he gets like three assists in the first 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And he just pulls out wide and basically goes, Savicevic, Iranio, you guys yeah. just make the runs. I'll just, I'll set just you up. find you. And he just pulls out wide and just kills these guys. Yeah, yeah man, and, that's presidential. But it's also presidential. It's presidential. <laughs> but this is why the slight, I will say the slight, the Viv Miedemar thing when you were talking earlier, I was like, I like the fact that she doesn't mm. always go up top because then you're unpredictable. Because Ian, they're going to need that later in the tournament. Like mm. if Barcelona showed anything, it's like Viv Miedemar playing purely up front mm. will not necessarily be a solution long-term because people know it's coming. Yeah. But the more she can be unpredictable and drop deep and keep doing what she already does, look at where did where where was fascinating because yeah. he didn't actually score that many goals, right? But I had a look at this the year they won the league, it was him and Batistuta. Where got more decisive goals that year than Batistuta, right? He got like an, it got a header away from goal. Um, he had it got a header away from home against Juventus in a one all draw. Like he'd get all these kind of like he'd get the equalizer or the late winner. Mm. So like everything was just, mm. it was calibrated. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's amazing. I, I do, yeah. Was I like, do there feel, some, sorry, there's, yeah. there's like, no, 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 on, like right. some players who always sound like they've, the commentators can't believe it. Yes. Yeah. And George yeah. Ware was yes. one of them. Because obviously we do the stadio sessions, right? And I had to go through, luckily, go through loads of old George, George Ware goals. And the amount of times that commentary is just like- They're, they're baffled by it. They can't believe what they've just seen. It's like, like he invented, to, he's invented yeah. something. There's a, there was a goal very quickly, the Lazio one where fans will know it. He gets the ball two minutes from the end on the halfway line and he knocks it past one defender. Then he knocks it between two defenders and runs around the outside mm. of them. And then mm. it's him against Marchigiani, bottom right-hand corner. And then he turns and sprints on the touchline. And it's so funny because everyone's trying to catch him. But like, this is George Weir, like post-goal mm. euphoria, already mm. traveling at 
the speed of light, frankly. Speed of, yeah. <laughs> it, was poor, it was poor like Marco Semeni. They were such good friends. But I don't think they actually saw each other on the pitch because Ware was always like 50 yards ahead. Honestly, I remember Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger used to speak, speak about him all the time. It's like Glenn Hoddle speaks so highly of George Ware. He said he remember when he first got there. And he said he was very weak at the start. But Arsene Wenger said, you watch. Watch when this guy gets up to speed. And Glenn Hoddle said, Wenger, didn't he? Oh Wenger my God. Knew. Wenger he, knew. He, yeah, Wenger yeah. knew. Mm. He said, um, he, Glenn Otto said that um, once he started, he said he's never he's not seen a number nine do what he does. Wow. He's not seen it. He's not he's not seen anything like it. He said probably the closest person to be able to do everything out would, would have been Van Basten. Yeah, wow. I agree. You know the closest people because he said, he, but like you remember, you're just watching the kids just come in from Liberia. You know he's got mm. to be fed up and everything, and then that, you're comparing him to that what you see. And Glenn Oddle said, if he, if he can translate that from the training pitch, what I'm seeing onto the, he's going to be a world star. But he was like he, you. He, he came quite late to the top, actually. Yeah. Think of like, you know, where people criticise him, but he didn't get going until quite late because, you mm. know, it took him a while to get to. Yeah. Same with Drogba too. A lot of Drogba, these players, yeah. yeah. A lot of these players yeah. went through that. Yeah, yeah. So, so George Ware, and then, you know, I've got to mention Romario because Romario played in that Cafu game <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> Why are you doing this to us? Just, quick shout from Romario. And Kareka played in that game as well. Kareka. I remember watching Kareka in 86. Remember, Kareka was meant to be there in 82, but they had Serginho. Remember Big Serginho? Yeah. Remember yeah, Big Serginho was a nightmare, yeah. yeah so I remember we used to call Mark Bright, used to hate it because like Serginho missed so many chances and I remember they kind of gave Mark Bright the nickname of Serginho for a while. He hated it. If you called him Serginho, he'd want to fight you. But like, um, I remember Kareka was injured for the 82, but he came in 86 and he was amazing. Fire. And I remember just, he was, he was, he played in that game for a bit, but like, it was just Kareka being on there and the same with Mar- Romario. Romario was, Romario was the toe-poke king and again, for over five yards and the way he finished mm. and how he finished. Oh my goodness. The game came so easy to him. Just, I mentioned those guys. But they're not in uh, the 11? Um, no, because I'm going to put wow. Brazilian, oh, but- Brazilian Ronaldo, R9. R9's got to go in over <laughs> Romario. Over Romario. Because you have to, because... <sighs> I remember, in, in, again, playing against him in a tournament. Sorry, sorry, look at Moose's face. <laughs> what? Moose's just like, all of these people, right, he's been on the pitch with. Injected. <laughs> the thing with Moose, like I say, it's players that when you're on there with him, like, you know what was brilliant is that when we played against him in that tournament, is that the crowd, obviously, they loved him. And we saw what he'd done when he came and played against Man United and scored that hat-trick at Old Trafford. And like, he just got the love. He just got pure love for It was Manchester. the one at Wembley though, when he came to Wembley, when he was 17 and everyone was like, who is this one? And he was yeah. still Ronaldinho then. Yes, yes. Or Ronald Dowd, Ronaldinho. And everyone was like, who is this one? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is that it was, again, the sharpness. Mm. Is that when you, you think to yourself, whoa, I just saw something. You know, kind of quick move. The, the step over. Then a couple of steps. You hear the crowd going crazy just with a step over. You know, he was just like his touch, his appreciation for where players were. And, and again, you know, he's got all that skill and everything. And he'd get the ball and, and just lay it off. Just yeah. lay it off and go. He just it knew. Was, he just knew. It was just, yeah, it was, again, you're just watching, you think to yourself, God almighty, wow. Just wow, man. Look at, look at Ronaldo over there. I remember li- li- players, even, even like Shearer, you could see like Shearer, everybody was talking about when we went in the dressing room because the sharpness over the five yards and the, and this was just like, and he's got this look on his face. He looks like he could be a hitman. He could be a killer. He's got that look in his face. Like he's got, he looks like he's looking straight through you. I think they beat, um, Barcelona beat Elica Madrid five, five, two, I think it was in, um, 97, right? It was, mm. it was there for a season. And the centre-back came off the field, the Atleti centre-back and said, and he interviewed it. The guy just laughed and said, like, I feel like I just marked four players. Mm. <laughs> it was just one of those, like, I think he got four in that. I think he got four in that game. That year he went, he got like 40 something goals or something that year when they wow. won the cup winners cup or whatever. And it was just, I actually got a VHS of that. A dear friend bought me a copy of the um, Ronaldo highlights from the 97 season, the one season he was at Barcelona. And it's just like, it's like watching science fiction. It's like watching 1997. Yeah. The 1997. That season, there's a goal he scores against Valencia where he dribbles at the edge of the box and these two center backs are like, we've got to try this. And they just stand shoulder to shoulder. And he just barges between them. And then side foot. So he does, he, he, he barges between them with pure strength. And then mm. it's this beautiful cold finish. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a player who 
was capable of using brute force and the split second later, just pure elegance. Maybe, mm. but actually, maybe Bergkamp, funny Bergkamp enough. Bergkamp is a funny yeah. Bergkamp is a good example mm. of that. So come on, right, bring it home. Yeah. So there, there was, um, there's two British strikers, um, and I've had to choose one of them, but one of them has to get some flowers here because when I was younger watching him and then ending up being on the same pitch of him, I did have jaw-dropping moments because I thought Ian Rush was one of the most clinical finishers I'd ever seen. Obviously, once Kenny Dalgleish, him and Kenny Dalgleish, it was the, f- the first time where Kenny Dalgleish kind of dropped in and done that number 10 stuff and mm. linked him in. And if, I, I don't remember him ever missing the target. Do you know what I mean? So I was when I was on the pitch for the first time with Ian Rush, um, that was a moment for me where I was like, wow, bro, Ian Rush is over there. And I remember when, after I started doing stuff, just left, leaving Palace, I started to make a bit of my name. And I remember one time Ian Rush was saying, yeah, he's a really good striker. I like the way he plays. He's very sharp, good finisher. Oh, wow. I was like fucking beside myself when I heard Ian Rush say that. But the guy who makes the team alongside George Ware and Ronaldo is Gary Lineker, bro. Gary Lineker. Oh, that's lovely. Wow. Gary Lineker has to make it because I remember, you know, when I first, first like played with him for, for England, it was very hard um, simply because I could not stop watching what he was doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And I remember being in the wings with Gary Lineker going on the, tra- uh, um, the trial, like a tour to Australasia. And I remember just watching the runs he made. Didn't really care about anything outside the box. Literally, he, would n- he doesn't want touches because he's a very intelligent man. Intelligent. He knows where it's going to be. And it's in the box. And that's why he scored so many goals in the box. And that's what I learned from him more than anything else. Yes, you can score these brilliant goals and score great goals, but it's about scoring goals. And I don't think I've known anybody in their pomp at their peak was as sharp as he was in the box, finding space and scoring goals. You know what's so nice about that? I love that. It's a pleasant surprise. You give so much credit to someone, a direct contemporary. You don't always see that. Like, you know, and you get it in this artist. A lot of artists don't give, um, it's an ego thing, you know? Mm. And the thing with that is, is that because like I've watched him, so he, he kind of taught me, because when you're watching the, the best, like I say, when you go to England and you're watching the best, it's better than trying to learn it on a, you, you see what they do and you replicate, you copy what they do. Yes. And so I watched him for about two, three years watching his runs he made and I'd try and go and do the same thing. And I, it started working for me to the point where I remember when he was retiring in 92, that's when he was retiring. And, you know, you kind of know him on and off because I've been in the England squad of him and everything. So it was me and him fighting it out for the golden boot 92, just before the Premier League. So he won, I think he won the players writers. He won the players player of the year, which I thought I was going to win. He won literally everything that year. The only thing that he didn't win that year was the golden boot. Because I fucking be yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself, I love you, bro, but I can't let you take every seat and everything on the table, Moose. Yeah, and exactly. Like, I won that. And it's, to be honest, it's one of the, it's the, it's the proudest thing. One of the proudest thing. Again, like I say, I talk about the FA Cup final. If that's all I had in my career, I would have taken that. And if I could only win like the one golden boot, which I did, I missed out on a couple just by, because Shearer was so amazing and people were so good. Yeah. That would have been the golden boot I, that, that sits there next to, that if it was an FA Cup final, um, Palace won against Man United, that would have been it. Those two things would have given it every, given me all the vitamins simply because of how much I admired Gary Lineker. I love oh, Gary wow. Lineker. Even now as friends, you know what I mean? I loved him. And so he has Ultimate to make that praise. Team. Ultimate praise. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Off mm. the top of your head, how many Ballon d'Ors are there in that side? Wow. <laughs> God, I don't know. How many? Musa? Um, five, six. Eight. There were six. Seven. Six winners, S- but seven Ballon d'Ors. Seven Ballon d'Ors. Oh. Wow. Ronaldo got the two. Oh, he got two, of course. I only gave him, oh. Uh, the fact that there are seven Ballon d'Ors in that side, and this is, wow. the, the, this is the 11 of people that write is like, oh. Fucking hell, I'm on the football pitch with these people. <laughs> chose, you chose them wisely. Yeah. You know something? I, it. um, I, I loved it. When me and Rai was talking about it, he said, yeah, we should do that. Simply because um, it's the moments, it's the moments when it takes you back to when you were struggling to get in there. You, I, I was working on a building site. You're only dreaming of these players. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, for the, I don't know, 
you know, you, you know, f- ten, five years later, whatever it is, six years later on your career, you end up playing against people that you're just thinking of, my God, that person's like, that person's the whole world to me. Just, you know, being amongst him. I love this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Zenga, Cafu, Baresi, yeah. Cannavaro, Maldini, Mateus, Zidane, Hullet, Lineker, Ware, Ronaldo. Right, that's incredible. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm so glad we did this just because I'm just like, wow. It's the face, Moose's face when you mention I, t- I, t- I tell everyone about when Ronaldo walked past me in Berlin once. <laughs> Happy 50th, right? That was the uh, 50th episode. I hope people enjoyed that. You know what I mean? But like I say, it's, it is, I'd, I'd love people to be able to be on a football pitch where you get a moment where you forget you're actually on the football pitch because you're seeing somebody of such immense talent and ability yeah. that you actually forget I'm playing against that person. And I, for, for a while with Burkamp, training with Burkamp, you had to do that as well. You had to think, oh my God, look at what he's doing. And then you snap back into, snap back into art. It's like watching art. It really is. It really, really is. And I've been very fortunate. Should we, uh, we bounce? We, you got, listen, guys, thanks, thanks for being there with me so as I can... So, so as I can, so as you can bask in those players' glow. Thanks for having us. With, I'm just hit YouTube and just get on the wormhole. I don't think Moose is, <laughs> is going to recover. <laughs> so, guys, I'll, I'll see you soon. Huh? Definitely, man. Take care. Have a good Ryan. week. Much, stay much, safe. And you. God bless. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks very much to Ryan Hahn. Thanks very much, Moose Congo. Listen, everybody. Like I say, stay safe, stay well. I feel like Arsenal are on the path, so I can't wait for them to start playing again. But hey, that's got nothing to do with you. That's just me ranting. I will see you again soon. Okay. Stay safe. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.